Hey everyone, it's Tom Kratz on this episode of the podcast. We bring back John Paul Gulbis, who has been with us for 10 years now. This guy is a great coach here at Rockstar. He works with a ton of real estate investors. He's got tons of great experience. He's just an all-round good guy. I love sitting down and chatting with him. So this is a bit of a catch-up talk. We talk about real estate prices and some of the areas that he's working in. Nick sits in on this podcast with us. So we talk about some just real estate updates in general, some rent prices, some price points in different cities. We talk about interest rates and kind of the Bank of Canada. So we just kind of go all over the map, just a general real estate investing conversation between a few friends. Um, just really enjoy sitting down, talking with JP. He's such a good guy. Over the years, we have had so much good feedback from different people he's worked with. It's just, we feel honored and blessed to be able to work with so many good people here at Rockstar, and he's definitely one of those. So just love talking to him, and hopefully you enjoy this casual chat between friends, catching up, catching up about all things real estate and otherwise. And if you're listening to this and you want some real estate information uh, yourself, you, uh, one of the most, I can't speak right now, one of the most interesting things that we seem to have put together is uh, a blueprint with an, a real estate investor that mapped out all the properties they purchased, um, how much cash flow they generate on the properties, where they purchased these properties as real case studies for all of us to learn from. We put that together in a report where, that you can get at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash blueprint. So if you want a copy of that report, you can get that at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash blueprint. And with that, let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, JP, can you hear me okay? I hear you. Nick, you can hear me okay? All right, I, we're good. Even Alex can hear me okay. JP, start with the question that you, we just asked. Yeah. The, Is this coming up a lot? No, it, it was it was a question that, that I had said to someone years ago revolving, uh, or around, not revolving, around the horses, which are a losing bet most of the time, like 99% of the time. And then this damn I love horse, talking about horses because it's I, the only investment that eats your money. Oh, man. And anyway, this horse that we have love her to death but man every year it's like just problems when you want to go show her and here we are again so anyway but funny you enough mean go show her like take like, her to a show and yeah like compete with her it's okay. like oh you spent all winter getting ready and then she goes and hurts herself and it's like wow what, what are you doing you know uh so have you ever gotten thrown off a horse Oh yeah, I almost oh. got thrown off yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah. You know, you heard about Nick's uh, daughter? Yeah, thrown I did. Off. Yeah, we yeah. spoke so, about it, I think. Yeah. And then uh, it's regular. I was talking to someone in the barn last week, and I'm like, "How many times have you been thrown off?" She's 20. She's like, "Oh, too many to count." But one time she fell, the horse tripped, landed on her leg, and and shattered her leg. Yeah, I I've not broken any bones. Like you've really gotten thrown off like full somersault in the air, thrown off. Yeah, one time the horse. Uh, I don't know what he did. If he left a stride early before a jump, landed in the middle of it, and then landed on his face, and I must have Oof. went 15 feet down. Just, but it all happened like in a, like at a really low grade angle, and so I just ended up just skidding across the, the grass. But, but I haven't got hurt. Nothing serious. Luckily, luckily. She's back on, man. I don't know. She's she's got guts. You got to get back on. Yeah. No, yeah. I know. I, I think it's a good life lesson, if nothing yeah. else. And it is. It is. I'm. I have to admit, sometimes I, get, I I let Amy do the dangerous stuff because she doesn't like, <laughs> she doesn't seem to care. But I'm like, you should be careful. But she doesn't listen. Why? Right? What's the dangerous stuff? Like jumping over multiple? Hurdles? No, it's just like when you when you know that like the horse is on edge or like she wants to push it a little bit, and it's like just be careful, you know. And because I'm always a little bit sensitive to that, and I'm like just be cautious. But she's like, oh, whatever, let's just do it, you know. And this is, which is the right attitude. But okay, so your way. question on real estate comes from the horses because people are like, well, okay, we so yeah. The horse? This, so <laughs> yesterday, the stupid vet, not sure, I shouldn't say that. Great yeah. vet, great bills vet. just <laughs> went up. <laughs> Love the horse, Tell us your exactly. Truth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just like this horse has been three years in a row, and it's like, come on, horse, like we spend so much time and money on you, and you're you're not doing what your job is supposed to be. So anyway, it it just triggered something, and then there was an investor who had a property that. Uh, the tenant is leaving and they were saying, okay, here's the laundry list of everything wrong with the property. And they're like, the investor said, should we just sell this and like move the money somewhere else? And so that was the question. Like, do you just, is there a point where you just sort of draw the line and say, okay, you know what? Cut your losses. You don't have to make it back on this investment. Just 
take it out and go somewhere else to make up, you know, the, the, the loss. Yeah, so I that to- was a question. I totally yeah. think there is a time to sell yeah. a property and get rid of it. But uh, I think at that time isn't at the time that you just described, because my question would be to that investor, where else are they going to put their money? Well, let me give you, let me, let me back up a step. How long have they had that property? Um, not too long, maybe three years ish. Okay. So is yeah. there some equity in it or no? Oh yeah. Oh, there yeah, is. Oh yeah. Okay. How much? Oh, I would say probably at least a hundred. That's even without the, and their down payment. Uh, he told me what he owes on it and I know roughly what it's worth. Okay. So uh, there's new equity past the down payments, past the money they put down on the property. There's new equity. In yes. It. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, but I, you know, in fairness, the conversation ended, let me go look at the property. Let's see how, you know, uh, this, this laundry list of items, let's see if she's just being dramatic or if it's, you know, really not good, which is often the case. Yeah. Right. That's, exactly. That's, yeah. Yeah. But so, so my question, so they have over a hundred thousand dollars of equity in this particular property. Correct. Was it cash flowing over the last few years? I'd have to double check. Yes. Yeah, we break didn't really even, get negative. Yeah, yeah. If you had to guess, what would you say? Probably break, break even, even, maybe slightly okay. negative. Okay, it was so a low down payment. hundred thousand, uh, six figures of equity, yeah. break even property. Yeah. So my question to that type of person is always like, okay, where else do you put the money to get what you have in the last three years? Like if your life, if you, if you value convenience in your life, yeah, sell the property. So you never have to deal with a tenant ever again in your life. Yeah. It, it wasn't a question of the tenant. It wasn't a question of, it was a question about that specific property. Like, is this just a lemon? And are you recognizing it's a lemon? And then you're just like, okay, let's just move this capital and buy something else to replace it. That was really the question. Yeah, I think yeah. I think the answer is yes. Yeah. But at the time, so I I would say the same thing as Tom. Maybe not at that particular time. Right. It's the right time to make a decision. And why I would say that is just because the, I think the decision has to be made without the emotion involved. Right. Right. But yeah, absolutely, it's time to move on. Sometimes you you just it just runs its course, like anything you do. Where yeah. You're like, you know what, this one served me. You know, Tom, this one served him well. You got some profit from it. It's yeah. done this. You know what? Let me go find something else. Just because you know, maybe mentally you're just like, for whatever reason, just like you're frustrated with this horse, yeah. you're frustrated with that property. So even though it's a little thing, seems like a bigger thing, and it's really not. But you know, whatever. Sometimes, yeah, you got to move on from stuff, right? I don't know. That's that's how I see it. I I rarely w- would I. It's got to you know. I like to own as much stuff as you know as, as possible. I don't like to sell them. But I mean, sometimes you got to cash out, but not with the emotion. Right. Because one time I was ready to sell one, ready. Right? I was just like, man, forget about it. And then once we got it back up and running, we, that was a few years ago. It was probably five years ago now. Thank God we held on to the thing. Yeah, so. yeah I think every investor at all times thinks they should, should sell. But I guess going back to that point is like, unless you have a better place to put the money, don't sell. You just never sell sure. assets. Yeah. So unless there's another asset lined up to buy it, and to Nick's point, out of emotion is the time where you usually make the wrong decisions. Right. So I would just say, yeah, you never sell assets unless you have a better place to put the, uh, the money. So for example, it might be a time to sell all your residential investment properties if you've grown your portfolio to the point where you're just gonna go into like commercial or you're gonna buy like one monster apartment building or something like that, right? Yeah. Then you're just moving from one asset class within that sure. asset class to another type of property within that asset class. But to sell it just on like that, uh, you know, it's more a convenience kind of thing. The answer is always no. Like the yeah. answer is always no, unless you have an, an asset li- lined up. I think he's probably just comparing it to other properties that he owns. And then, you know, he said, okay, well, it's cost me 20 grand for this, 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 and this while the tenant's been there. So, and then she's bringing this list and she's like, I think ah. the way you need to look at that yeah. is in your portfolio, there's always going to be a property that causes you lots of problems. Right. So let's say he did sell, he or she did sell this property and then takes the money and goes buy the next property because that's going to be the hassle-free property. Then the day you close on that property, there's a sewage backup. <laughs> yeah. Then what? Like, I, I think the answer is- Yeah, but you can always upgrade. Like if you have, like let's yeah. say you have 10 properties that's, that's and one's crappy, Agreed. get rid of the crappy one. And then Ag- and then Ag- if your number two crappy one is now going to be your crappiest and maybe you're willing to deal with number two or how crappy that Agreed. one is. But that's right? my point of upgrading is going into another asset yeah. that you're aware yeah. of. But to sell just and then decide, I whenever I see people do that, they never take the money and then decide to put it in another asset. You know what happens? They sell the property, a vacation yeah, they go buy bug, a boat, and a car it. is not bug. Not this guy. Yeah, He's okay. been a long time. Okay. So yeah, then if, no. if that's the case, yeah. if you're moving it to another asset or upgrading, Nick, like you're saying, yeah. yeah. But yeah. if it's just like, oh my gosh, we've all been there. And the answer is always no. You just never yeah. sell assets under that state. I wonder how many times this is going to come up with all the rain we've had. I can't tell you how many number of like water leakages have come up in conversation. Oh, this time last. of year? Oh, always. Yeah. 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 yeah especially, always. I don't think, I don't think we knew with block foundation properties also. I, di- I, I didn't know block foundations uh, properties are so porous. 
Like I didn't realize that block foundation properties always basically have water issues because if water is going to sit up next to those blocks over time, it literally just seeps right through the yeah, blocks. Yeah, there's a big cavity for it to just just sit mm -hmm. in. Yeah, yeah, and then it sits yeah. and comes down to the bottom <laughs> of the wall. I mean, I didn't know poured. Now when I see a poured concrete foundation, I always just think it's the holy grail of all foundations. <laughs> I always used to just kind of dismiss that. But blocked foundation properties, when you're talking a property that's like 1960s, maybe not. Yeah, in the, the, the 70s as well. 50s too. Yeah, 50s, 60s, yeah. 70s. Yeah. I think poured concrete really started coming in like the 1980s. Um, it was in before that. Yeah, was it? Yeah, like, there was just 19? a phase. It was like aluminum wiring. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just a phase. There's properties aluminum built wiring. in the 30s that have poured concrete foundations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah ours does. Down by that one in Hamilton's. Yeah. It's, it's more, it's not like the smooth poured concrete, but that's essentially what it was. But I've, I've had two poured concrete foundations that have both, that have both cracked and leaked. Oh, and totally. I've got to get it fills. I mean, yeah. it's just, yeah. they're easier to fill because you don't have to, you just, just an injection, you know, inject, what is that, epoxy into them? Yeah. So that makes life easier. And a lot of insurance policies don't cover for um, any sort of sewage, any kind of water, sewage, yeah. water backup, unless you add on a different kind of rider to it or whatever they call it. Is it a rider you add on to these insurance policies? I think so. I think so. Um, and most of us don't know that until it's too late. So if you're listening to this and you don't know what your insurance policy covers, call your insurance company. Because <laughs> most of them have a lot of different options now. And there's a lot of better ones for investors that have a lot of different things as well now. Yeah. So what's yeah. uh, what's happening in the St. Catherine? What's the latest state of the market that you're seeing, specifically in the Niagara region? Uh, inventory is low, pressure going south. Uh, I've this is the first year I think I've done multiple deals in Welland <laughs> in the span of like a month because <laughs> it's just like it's just inevitable. And I, I was telling you this yesterday. I can't. I I don't know what they're thinking, but if you're familiar with Niagara, they've got on ramps from Ontario Street. 406 Jordan Road they're all closed while they're doing the bridges and the service roads are jammed and getting in and out like the I think the thought process of the cities or the towns in Niagara and the planning departments it is they're clueless I don't think for they were prepared for this for they some reason I feel like they've been working on those roads through St. <laughs> Catharines the QEW and around there since I was born like as yeah. long as I can remember, there's been construction going on because in those there's, areas. There's multiple uh, bridges that you have to cross little bodies of water. But is there one guy that's building? It's like the guy building our office. There's like one person, yeah, right? You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, is there, I, I drive by on the job site and there's like one guy. I'm like, is he building the entire building? You know? So, it, it's just uh, poor planning. So multi, yeah. you're, are you, why are you surprised you're out in Welland? Like why are you kind of laughing when you say out in Welland? Because we've been seeing Welland now for like at least a, over a year. Yeah, I do. I think it's because you're from St. Catharines and you think going out to Welland's crazy. Uh, yeah, it just, you know, like Welland has 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 started to change, you know, growing up or whatever. Uh, it's a pretty depressed area for quite a while. Uh, but definitely there's a, there's a lot of development there. Yeah. So here's yeah. what we're seeing right across yeah. Ontario. There's all these communities. Cause I was just talking to Mike about this in the same, in the London area. He was shocked how much he's seeing in St. Thomas, which is outside of London. Yep. And it's a lot of people in London who can't afford London, Ontario anymore. Yep. As crazy as this might sound to some people, especially in Toronto, that, uh, they're moving to St. Thomas. Yep. So, uh, Nick and I have been talking about this, how there's like this spillover effect happening in all these communities right across Ontario. St. Catharines is another one. People in St. Catharines can't afford a lot of what's happening in St. Catharines because in the last year, in the last few years, we've seen price points move in St. Catharines when we first started investing in there maybe five years ago, JP. We saw like single family home, three bedroom, driveway up the side, 275,000 bucks. Yep. Do you remember yep. those days? 275,000. Yep. That house now is what? Four hundred and seventy-five thousand bucks. Oh yeah. Okay, over yeah. five hundred thousand dollars. It could be. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Could so be. what's happening is the people in St. Catharines can't afford that anymore yeah. because people who used to live in Hamilton that can never can no longer afford Hamilton because people from Toronto who couldn't afford Toronto are going to Hamilton. Yeah. People are from Hamilton are coming to St. Catharines. People in St. Catharines are now going to Welland, Ontario. So it, there's this like massive spillover effect that starts with Toronto proper and just is rolling right through Southern Ontario. And it's affecting all these tertiary communities. And it's not only driving up prices, it's driving up rents. So what are you what are you buying for? What price point are you buying out in Welland, Ontario? To paint the picture for everyone listening, um, I would say for something nice uh, on the low end, you're probably at like three eighty. And, and then what kind of property is that? It's a newer townhome, okay. unfinished basement, but it like that was a recent one, but it's like four years old. 
for and then yeah. how much rent are you getting on that kind of property? It hasn't closed yet, but it's going to get uh, probably like 19, 1950. Yeah, 19, like that. 1950. So that, that's what we, we were getting 1750 on fully detached single family homes in yeah. St. Catharines a few years ago, and we were shocked. Yeah. Now on a townhome in Welland, you're yeah. getting 1950. So um, but, but it's not just there, but it, it's funny. I, I, um, I've been going to uh, Simcoe for a long time with some long time uh, investors uh, with Rockstar. And uh, this year I've noticed competition in Simcoe on properties. It, I was, we were both what, looking at What kind at of it, properties? Like multi-units, like little duplex, triplex. How, you know. What's the price point? Um, the one they just purchased uh, is about 340 and it's a turnkey duplex. And before that, they had the stomach for some some properties that were uh, a little less desirable. And then they would go in there and renovate them, increase the rent, refinance, that whole thing. But uh, but yeah, now those same properties are, are getting snapped up. And so 340,000. What do you think they're going to get in rent on each unit in the duplex? It's a duplex, you said? Yeah. So ballpark me the rent. Uh, probably twenty three hundred per unit. No, no, no. Total. 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 Okay. Plus utilities on yeah, this yeah, particular yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Plus utilities. It's completely separate everything. Okay. <laughs> 2,300 plus utilities. For 340. Yeah. It's so, crazy. Yeah. So they're happy. Turnkey. Like beautiful. Um, and then um, on my, and, and someone just asked me the other day about uh, St. Thomas. Um, Listen, don't point to me. Sorry. When talking to oh, yeah. No, I'm joking. Oh, no, I'm now. joking. You can point uh, to me. It's all fine. Uh, so. <laughs> I thought you were trying to steal the silver off my desk. <laughs> I didn't know what you were doing. Uh. Yeah, St. Thomas just came up in a conversation the other day with an investor. What about Tilsonburg? What about oh, St. Mike's Thomas? Mike's going to be so pissed because St. Thomas has been his little jewel. That oh, no, is that no right? supposed to talk uh, about. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, I called my sister uh, the other day. I said, what's the soil like? Like I was driving from St. Catharines to Simcoe and there's a hot down highway through the court, like that highway three corridor, which... Like it's all the windmills and like I used to think it was just kind of like boonie yeah, land. Yeah, so paint a picture for everyone where Simcoe is. Are, you're talking between like London, Sarnia. Yeah, so it's it's Windsor. Is Simcoe go to Windsor area? It's not as far as that. It's okay. not as far. It's about an hour and a half. Uh, Woodstock south. is Simcoe as well. No. Uh, Woodstock would be just north of Simcoe, just slightly northwest of Simcoe, but where um, Simcoe would almost be like. 20 minutes from Lake Erie. So like Port Dover, Long Point, Turkey Point. Oh, that's Simcoe. Yeah. Up there. Okay. That's Northwest. Yeah. It, it's south. I think your directions south, are different than my direction. South yeah. of Branford. <laughs> Not south Sim of Branford. Sorry, sorry. There's a, don't get confused. There's the town of Simcoe and then there's the the the, the county of Simcoe, which is like Barrie. Or the, okay, and or the like, county of Simcoe is south of Branford. No, the town of Simcoe. Oh, got it. It's okay, in I'm Norfolk totally County. Then. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. You're talking about the, the Simcoe county or nope. simcoe, the, simcoe town? the town okay so north so it goes niagara haldeman county and then norfolk county but that oh, yeah, highway direct, three, directly south of Brantford. yeah okay. yeah so that highway three corridor that runs along parallel to lake erie i was shocked not shocked because i've been going there for years but like i just noticed how much traffic is on that road now and with the the kind of rural property stuff i'm i'm always curious on where the good farmland is because uh, soil has a lot to do with things. And so I called my sister. I said, where, where's the good farmland around here? And so she was telling me. Why yeah, does your sister know this answer? Because she, she's into, she's soil. In, well, she just knows a lot about it because, um, she worked for some company that did organic, um, uh, certifications or something okay. like that. And just with what she does now, she just knows a lot about the agricultural industry and stuff. So I was just curious because I was, thinking okay maybe simcoe is a place to buy up some of that farmland i know we were talking about yeah. talking about that we're waiting i want farmland yeah we're yeah either either you're going to buy or we're <laughs> going to buy and it's gonna but uh okay so you're just noticing traffic and it's a good place oh to yeah buy. yeah and all those little towns like there's a like five different towns along that corridor uh and there's going to be development there because it's not in the green belt um and you see it happening. Mm -hmm. you yeah, know? you can see them on the map. Tilsonburg, yeah. Delhi, Simcoe, Nanticoke. Yeah, and Aldemand. even Mand. Exactly. And then and it's Dunville and Port Colborne. And we know what's happening in Port Colborne. There's been but there's Cayuga, Jarvis, Canfield, these tiny little blips on the map that I are nothing. Zoom in. But 
like in Jarvis, well, uh, for example, well, there's like okay, a big Okay, so this, yeah. this town of Simcoe. Yep. Town of Simcoe? Yep. This town of Simcoe. Nick, are you able to Google it up? You have your Google in front? Like, yeah, what's yeah, the popula- well, So what's the population of this town? Okay, uh, give me a sec. 50. Probably, no. <laughs> not even, probably like, well, maybe 30 to 50? I don't want to say I'm gonna 70. I'm going to just guess 15,000. Town of Simcoe. Oh, I was low. saying 50 total. You're saying 30 to 50,000. Yeah. No, like, there's no way. Can it be that much? It? 13,000. It's 13,000. Oh, is that yeah, it? I guess 15. Okay, listen. Here's what's happening in Toronto. This is why, like, you're sitting here saying, I don't know, I think, it, JP, yes, buy the freaking property as much as you possibly buy. Listen, town of Simcoe is 13,000 people. Over the next 20 years, 3 million <laughs> people no, yeah. are coming to, into this province, uh, into the GTA which we've already discussed how it's going to have the spillover. And the freaky Three. thing is if it goes up thir- if, if 1,300 people, if it, let's say in 10 years it goes up 1,300 people, that's a big difference in that. That's <laughs> 10%, you know what I mean? yeah, that's that's a big 10% difference, right? population growth. If it goes up 13,000, out of th- let's say out of the 3 million people that are coming to the GTA, 13,000 somehow find their way to this town. This so-called mythical town of Simcoe, where you can buy duplexes <laughs> for three forty, and uh, um, that's one hundred percent population growth. Yeah. I'm tired of being shy about this stuff. Like I, I think I've been feeling like nice about it for so long. The population is going is it's not even going to it's exploding in front it of ha- our yeah eyes. it has already it, it, uh, yeah it's it's exploding in front of our eyes. Like I think part of what we've done here at Rockstar is we've been very good at being humble about. Yeah, we think we have some ideas about investing and we'll always protect you and we'll always have your back. I feel like screaming at this at the t- from the top of the mountains. If, if the population growth is forecasted by the housing authority in Toronto to go from 6.7 to 9.7, 3 million people, I think they're probably underestimating because they always seem to, uh, seem to underestimate population growth. Then what happens to all of these communities? And then what happens to all the, uh, the prices of all these duplexes and all these single family homes and these townhomes? Like we're in the middle of seeing it. And I think the the unfortunate part for us is because we've grown up here, we're going to miss a lot of it because you'll be like, well, I didn't. I don't think a property in Simcoe can go from three. I don't think a duplex can go from three forty to five hundred in Simcoe, you know. Oh, and and yeah, yeah, and twenty yeah. years from now, which seems like a long, but it's like a long time snap of the fingers. I think we're in for it. Yeah, man. twenty minutes is, or twenty years is a long time. Yeah. You look at what would just happen in the last ten years. Yeah. So that right? this is my point. Like, yeah. if this is what we've seen, because like ten years ago. Yeah, there's a lot of factors to consider here because there's interest rates and uh, the global economy and stuff Fair. like that. But I just think the population growth is do- driving demand so much here that it, it's if you can buy properties that kind of pay for themselves, it just feels when you look at the data like it's the right kind of move. I'm cringing I feel when like I say that. I feel it, like, my, my, like my, it's my, literally. I feel like. Anywhere you go, basically from Lake Superior, almost like Lake Superior South, it's like, yeah, it's, it's game on. It's I, game I, I on. Was, yeah. I, was, I went down to, um, I don't even know how I got the invite. It ended up in my inbox, but it was like, a, a, it, it, there was only about 40 or 50 people there. And it was on in some Bay Street building and it was all, it was some developers and all institutional investors. So there were some people there that ran like funds that have like a one trillion, there was one there that had over $1 trillion into management, yeah. right? So that's the type of people that were talking about this and they were talking about real estate and, you know, and, and so I, I sat in, it was actually hilarious. I, 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 I text Tom, like, I wish you could take a picture of this because I'm there in my jeans and like a, just a kind of light spring sweater and every other person in the room is there in a formal dark suit, you know, yeah. and then I just come strolling in. They're like, who the hell is this? <laughs> dude but um so i'm sitting there and i'm just kind of like a fly on the wall and yeah they're talking like at that level with that amount of money and a lot of these big developers and big big people that are putting a lot of finance behind a lot of these developments they're like look man there's a clear shortage in of housing here like there's a, and, and and it's not just housing it's the land they're like mm-hmm. it's there's a land grab going on right now and they're they, these guys are trying to scoop up land developable land that's that's not in the green belt as much as possible at reasonable prices now because they see it coming even in, so they're even, buying past the green belt they're buying um what's but the what's between the developed land and the green belt so what, what's what, left between, yeah which okay. is what what do they call it like the white belt or something is like the first it was like the first time I had heard that term but but um and even industrial land they're they're even looking at industrial land industrial uh uh vacancy rates are like at an all-time low this is industrial which like, you wouldn't even think about that stuff but they're looking at scooping that up because they're just like look it's there's not enough 
there's not enough supply right now right across the board for the population growth they're talking about and if these other jobs are coming in that type of thing and it's going to happen in these outlying areas because the forecast for popul- for for employment growth is strong for Toronto for the, the near term and and still strong afterwards but it gets stronger for the outlying areas after that Right. That's where the, the, the forecast for employment growth is going to be. So if that happens, so like this Simcoe, you know, what's that's close to Brantford. Right. Yeah. So let's say Brantford grows, grows in employment and then people more people move to Brantford that go from Hamilton, even though prices are comparable now. Let's just say that Hamilton becomes more expensive. So they move to Brantford, driving up prices there. Where are the people from Brantford going to live? They're going to move to Simcoe yeah. because the prices are cheaper. And, and how long does it try take to drive from Brampton to uh, from Brantford to Simcoe? About an hour, you said? 45 minutes, maybe, from the map that I was looking at? Yeah, about 45 minutes. 45 minutes. Yeah. Well, 45 yeah. minutes to work. I don't know. A lot yeah. of people do more than that every day. So 45 minutes doesn't seem bad. How much house can I buy in Simcoe versus Brantford now? That's the spillover effect that's been happening everywhere. Right? That's the type of yeah. the stuff What's that's weird is I think some people aren't picking up on that because some of the headlines, Nick, and you've talked about this in the past, talk about condo cancellations. And some people will look, have you seen those headlines? Oh, yeah. You, some yeah. people will look at that and say, oh, yeah, there's not demand for the condo, so they canceled the project. No, no. But Nick, can you explain, like, why are they canceling condo projects? Yeah, it was the, it's just costs. Costs have gone, like, like hard costs, so construction costs, and soft costs, like permit costs, and um, just dealing with municipalities and all those types of things have gone through the roof. Is there not also an element of, like, it's cheaper to get sued and because the prices have gone up so much, they just changed their name. The, and yeah, <laughs> no, no, yeah no, that's there what could, most people think. There but. could be, but they can't actually get... So what's happened, and it was interesting because I looked at some graphs before that I talked about at the member event, yeah. and then um, these guys were talking about it that, I, that when I was at that event, and basically they can't get financing after. Right. Because once the cost... So if they sold... So where with where costs went, so let's say someone sold a building in 2016 and was supposed to start being built last year or this year. Right. Costs have increased so much that they actually can't get financing because the banks are looking at the numbers. They're like, well, we're not going to release the funds anymore because your actually costs have escalated so much. You're going to lose money in the project. Right. Right. So they have to cancel. So, yeah, there might be. So, so look, maybe there is an element of greed here and there as well. But there also is some that's an element of actual people. Really, they, they can't do it. Like, you know, it just doesn't make any financial sense to right. them. So that's why these buildings are being canceled. One guy that mentioned that his his concrete cost went from $9 to $14 a square uh, a foot oh, in the yeah. last two two or two and a half years. It's like those types of costs that have just jumped so dramatically. JP, I don't yeah. think it's just canceling it because prices have gone up. I think they have to increase the price because their margins are getting squeezed because the cost right. of build is going up between the time they sold right. and when they go to build. So the margins are squeezed. Because what are the margins from these developers? That, Nick, that, did you just mention Yeah, I that? was looking at, no, I was looking at these numbers. I'm like just if the margin on, a, on that business is, let's say, 15% yeah. and costs go up, your margin just gets squeezed down to the point where I can see where the bank's not going to fund you the money to do the project. Yeah, yeah so, so an example from you know one of these slides that I, I had, I don't have the source right here, but they were looking at construction costs that went from 276 in 2016 to 359 in 2019. That's an that's 276 a, to what? 359. <clears throat> wow. 276 to 359. Yeah, so it's uh So we're talking like $80 increase something on like that. 276 half a two We're talking about like what? 40% increase. Yeah, but like but that? if you well look, I'll I'll give you the total increase went from 525 to 805. When when you take in land, construction, and soft costs. Soft costs being like t- uh, regulatory, yeah, fees all this stuff, to the yeah, city totally, stuff yeah, because like those have those have all increased dramatically too. All the municipalities are getting more and more of their cut, which the developers <laughs> have been complaining about. But the, in this example, it says like an average project, the margins, and I mean, look, take it with a grain of salt. But the average project, the margins went from fourteen to eight percent, and this is accurate. So I was talking to a builder who um, I met recently, who recently launched a project. And um, his margins were going to be very, very tight. And he had to make some pricing adjustments um, accordingly, really like, like very late. So walk like right. last they minute. had pre-sold <clears throat> some of the units or no? They were about no, to go to sale. They were about to launch. So they set the prices. They were about to go to launch. And, and then, then they, they had realized, to raise them. So how did they know that they were screwed? Somebody came to them and said, hey, the cost to build is actually changing? Someone came and recommended that they, they increase prices. Okay, got it. So right. they had someone who had built. They before. had someone that yeah that they were sw- spoke, speaking to, and they, they recommended the increase increase prices. Okay, but increase prices because demand would justify the prices, or because the cost to build had gone up. They, I, I, I mean, the, I don't I don't know the exact detail, okay. and I don't want to get into too much more detail than than, than that. But that's that's kind of what happened. Got it. Why? Because you're releasing the address of this <laughs> property. No, because I just don't. I, I just. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and that's what. Um, 
that's kind of interesting to me. Sometimes I think what's happening is the cost of builds going up so much that it's not always just, hey, we can get more to sell. Sure. It's we have to increase the price because the costs are going up. Labor costs, hard costs, soft costs, like everything that you're saying. Carbon tax. Yeah, carbon <laughs> tax. Um, so when you meet investors now, like what what are you doing, JP? Are you taking ever because the running joke before was that you were selling stuff in Hamilton to investors. Investors were buying properties there, so you were traveling from St. Catharines to Hamilton. Now, are you just taking investors into the St. Catharines Niagara region? No, I would say uh, Niagara for sure, um, London for sure. I yeah, was you've just been there in London this morning. for a while. Okay, yeah. so what are you doing out in London? Uh, duplex, like little multi-unit, okay, so how much single in family homes. I would say I spend most of my time between Niagara and, the Lon- and London. Okay, and so how much, what are the price points on like a, some of the stuff in London? Um, it depends on what you're getting. Sure. Uh, like a, a higher end turnkey, like everything split, big rent. That'd be like for for a secondary suite would be like six, sixty. That was a deal. And how much did. are they going to rent that out for? It's eighteen ninety five plus all utilities for the the main unit. Okay. And it's basically a three bedroom house. Uh, and, and then downstairs then, and then, we'll get no. It's a all the whole house, and then he built a big addition as the second unit. Uh, and that one is fifteen ninety five plus all utilities. So everything new, f- like separate furnace, separate AC, separate everything. Okay, so he bought it and then put more money in to get that second unit. No, th- this investor bought it from the guy that redeveloped the property. Oh, got it. Yeah. So the price you just said was the whole price. Correct. Okay. Yeah. What about Airbnb out there? That's this time of year. You work with anyone that launched uh, a new Airbnb? I, you know what? I, I haven't. Not in London, Airbnb. I have some people that are doing it in in Niagara. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's sorry, that's what I was talking yeah. about. Um, but yeah, I don't want to poo poo the no no the, the, the St. Catharines planning and zoning department. Yeah, because they're against it. Oh my God, they're just yeah. they're. I think they're yeah. against it just because there could be so much of the tourist Airbnb stuff. You know, Honestly, where they I, per- I just think that they they were not prepared for the onslaught of people and investors and the whole thing it's just a debacle at the city level like there's like they're they're messed up like they're trying to fix it but like they are understaffed which overworked st catherine's oh st catherine's yeah yeah because you think so many people are coming up trying to do legal second suites they can't get the legal second suites airbnb they just don't have the systems or the resources from from uh like from people that work for them that's the huge downside see part of the population growth which will be a big opportunity for housing is the downside on the social services because this is where the federal government really i think messes up because we have targets on immigration in this country and the 2018 target was 310,000. that was the target for 2018. Our immigration into this country in 2018 was 425,000. That data just came out in March. So 310, we overshot by 425. And we are pro-immigration. This is not an anti-immigration talk. So we went over in Canada by uh, over 100,000 people. And I think somewhere in the federal government's eyes, they think that's good because more people in the country, and especially we get a lot of high-skilled uh, labor in here as well, more people help the economy, people start working and yeah, paying Yeah, we're not ready for it. But yeah, when we don't the have systems any, aren't ready. Yeah, when we don't yeah, have yeah. who is matching the social service growth to yeah. match the population growth. Yeah. And that's why when I when we always talk about the destruction of the middle class, this isn't just from a housing point of view. Because over the next few years when you and I can't get quick access to health care, it's going to be the people who can pay for health care. They're going to go to Buffalo or to the States for their MRI. Their life's not going to be affected greatly. But the middle class here will be destroyed because our, our health care services, there's no way. I've seen nothing about how our health care services are going to match the population growth in the GTA. And just think, if and Buffalo I'm, turns into a destination, you know the world's <laughs> turned upside we're down. We're all going to Gotham Whoa, City to yeah. get MRIs. Then we, yeah, the world is definitely. Who, who is the governor there that wants the go train to go into New York State? Get Did out. You, yeah, is it Governor Cuomo or whatever? I forget. There's a governor in New yeah, York. Yeah. yeah, he was like tossing around the idea in one of his speeches that he wanted the go train. To cross the bridge cross into the Buffalo. Br- well, I don't know if it was Buffalo or Lewiston. Oh, Lewiston. Or, like, okay. I don't know exactly yeah. Yeah, where. Lewiston Niagara, I don't know, maybe it's Niagara. I don't know where, yeah. but they wanted it to cross mm. the bridge. So the St. Catharines line to go all the way into New York State. I'm like, yeah, this guy's not. You got a population base of 9 million people that would be connected into the top of north end of your state yeah. via the GO train. 
Yeah, but they tried that with the ferry to Rochester. You saw how that worked no, out. No, yeah, I don't think that's <laughs> Do you remember that ferry? I, I think Go Train's got enough problems it's not crossing over into another country. But, um, I mean, they see the opportunity. They, sure. That, you know, but the social services thing kind of bothers me a little bit because I think that's where ultimately people are going to get price. Like, map out the next 20 years. A lot of the t- stuff we talk about that's an opportunity for investors is actually all negative. Because the negative aspects of this are social services are, won't keep up. And maybe that's just my pure lack of faith in politics and, and politicians. But I don't think we will. Oh, upset. they've done nothing to make you feel like yeah. they, they, they'll be but, able to keep them up. They, they're always reactive to yeah. it, right? So, like, I'm positive. It's weird because I'm positive on the real estate investing front. And I'm totally negative on everything else around it. Because social services won't keep up. I don't think transportation yeah. improvements are going to keep we're, up. We're all taking advantage of it. But the... the it's the same thing that that you've both been talking about the whole time here. It, like that's just the way the system is. If if everything is in a four year cycle and it's if you're going to get elected on growth, you're not going to say we're going to shrink the economy and that's how we're going to get elected. If the whole conversation is about infinite growth and infinite growth, but it's only a four year cycle, so nothing ever gets done. So there it's is no solution. It's just the way it is. Yeah. We need, a There's dicta- no fix. we need a dictator. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. But uh, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Nothing gets fixed because you're just trying to win the next election. This is like, this is actually a debacle happening in this area, but it presents an opportunity for those who own hard assets. Right. So yeah, while, while I'm complaining about, uh, you know, the lack of uh, city inspectors to come and look at secondary suite, you know, conversions at but the same the time, the iceberg. That's you know, exactly sure. what we're talking about. But at the same time, it's like, okay, eat that for, okay, in five years, you're looking back and going, okay, that was well oh, worth yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I still have never met yeah. anyone who got pro- invested in property 10 years later thought that was a negative. Maybe no. one or two years exactly. later. They, yeah. they, but here, so what's the flip side? Like, what's the negative? So let's say we continue to get population growth, but the negative to us or the threat to us, because we're always short-term paranoid on real estate, is what? That interest rates, uh, the bond market goes crazy. No one trusts the you the, the governments anymore and the bond market spikes and uh there's there's interest rate spikes right so interest rates just go up long-term fixed rates go up i can't see the bank of the central banks or the bank of canada raising um the the variable rates but long-term rates go up like i'm just trying to think like we have all this opportunity all this population growth but the negatives are there's a financial crisis and Either interest rates go up, which I can't see happening because I think the central banks would step in and not make it happen because they can't pay for the interest on their own debt. So that can't happen. You know, we don't have the crystal ball, but let's say that like that will be fought against pretty aggressively. So then the next challenge would be credit freeze. The banks just say, holy crap, there's some financial problems in the world. We're not going to release mortgages. That's our pretty much our biggest threat because then the real estate market would calm down. And I don't even know if there would be a correction of any sort because there's so much population growth, but I don't think there would be growth in any price points because if there's no credit, that the whole real estate market is driven on access to credit. So then we could say, okay, we're getting all this population growth, but prices aren't going anywhere because the real estate market's not moving. And well, let's say the just- prices came down. If, if, if demand dried up enough, prices come down. So it's not yeah. that they don't go anywhere. Real, no, gro- I'm not saying demand. Not. I'm saying demand would be there. Yeah, but if but they can't, if they can't qualify, for, for, and people still will have, still have to sell because of life events and stuff like that, they're going to sell at lower prices. Yeah, right. No access to credit. So our biggest threat to me is no access to credit. Financial institutions seize up, and they're like, we're not going to lend. And if that's the biggest threat, how far down can prices go, in a, in a short period of time, with population still increasing? That's what I can't figure out. And I don't know if I'm simplifying it too much, but I'm like massive population growth. But our, our worst you are, case I think is you are when you're talking about those like kind of white swan events that would cause real ripples in the bond market or liquidity or stuff, stuff like that. Yeah, because you don't know the impact can be great because it can really hammer things because you never know what's going to happen because you don't know the event. If you're talking about normal market forces, then it's easier to talk about. But those things, who the heck knows what happens? Right. But regardless, I mean, it, for I like the, being in control, but man. the thing is, yeah, the, but I the like th- I have full control. <laughs> of my life. But the thing is, for the people that own properties, they're in a good they're still in a good regardless of what's happening with the, the yeah, underlying property value. Yeah. Well, no, because the demand for those if you're owning like an income property for the rentals, the demand for those rentals skyrockets. Yeah, that's a good point. And Nobody actually can actually. Yeah, that's a good point. Just well, it's already we've already seen it, like yeah. just from the mortgage changes that happened. Was that about a year? Well, they came into effect a year and a half ago. They were announced just over that. Right. Just like almost a year, one to three quarter years. It was what, like mm-hmm. October yeah. of 2017. 
So from that point, the, once all the kind of the squeezing of the, the affordability kind of tightening because people couldn't qualify for mortgages, once that trickled down into the rental market, how many investors have you heard now, like rents popping up, the, the high demand and that type of stuff? It's all over the place. Every, like, I mean, Toronto, like everywhere, all surrounding areas, Toronto, the demand for rentals is, at least in, in my experience and since we've been doing this, is higher than ever. And it's, it's part of the reason is because of those those mortgage changes, which we were talking about at the time. Now, investors freaked out. They thought that was the, 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 the beginning of the end. But I'm like, you know what? Just give it time. The market will self-adjust, right? So one small government change, to your point with all this immigration, with the population growth and these other things going on, one small government change can't stop these bigger underlying trends. Like it just can't, they can't do it, right? Because there's too much other stuff going on. So if that continues, then yeah, even the, even the stuff that you were talking about in the bond market and the liquidity doesn't really, as long as we have this crazy population growth here, it seems like property prices might change. But that's going to have to slow it. Like they're going to have to slow it down sooner or later because to, to the points earlier, the infrastructure can no, is going to get to the point where it's going to totally happens, break. But what happens relative uh -huh. to the rest of but the world? But are they? That's yeah, the that's question. That's yeah. my question because relative to the rest of the world, let's say there's a financial crisis that is a bit of a global one. Maybe relative to the rest of the world, we still look like the best place to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people just like pour in here. Well, I mean, like maybe see, our demand, like here, here's my thinking. Maybe the population growth we're talking about right now isn't the... It, it, it's maybe we're way underestimating it. Yeah. Like what happens if the forecasted population growth of 3 million more people by 2041 in here, according to places to grow in Ontario and this new Toronto study that came out, I wish I had the freaking link to it right now, but it, we can actually, Alex, you know what? I'll give you the link. And Is we that can put it? This into 3 million? 3 million more people forecasted to come into the greater Toronto area alone oh, okay. by 2041. Okay. So population from 2016 will go from 6.7, uh, sorry, 6.7 million in the GTA to 9.7 by 2041. Right. The Golden Horseshoe already has about 9 million. Yeah. So the Golden Horseshoe will go from 9 to at least 12 yeah. and likely more. But it, but what happens if that population forecast is low is what I'm thinking. Like what ha what happens if that's like the low mark? That's not the high. If that's yeah. what the government's forecasting, let's say the population growth is more than that. So this is the st the part like maybe Simcoe's going from not thirteen thousand to fifteen thousand. Maybe Simcoe's going from thirteen to fifty over the next twenty years. That can't happen. That's too crazy. That's maybe too crazy. just draw a big thing between <laughs> Ottawa. Yeah, and just to, say this is a good place to like, buy property. The whole thing, just buy there. And then but and, and the thing on, about on, this is, like, I was just looking it up because I remember, I'll never forget when I went to went to Cairo because how you guys were talking about it not actually the the population not stopping. When I went to Cairo, it really felt like Egypt, you could you get Egypt, okay. Cairo specifically, I the city. You were a chiropractor. No, no, no. <laughs> I went to Cairo. No, when I went to Cairo, yeah, got it. Got they, um, the it really felt you could get rid of like half the people in the city. Like I mean half, and it would still be packed. So I was right. like, I just looked up like a list of, of of cities by population density. Toronto's not even on this list. It's like oh, there's probably like 50, yeah, sure. 50, 50 yeah, on I this list. That. I totally. It, it's that. not even close. And I mean, New Jersey's way down the list. Paris is there. So like. Even though it's already packed and the roads are breaking, you know, QEW can't, oh, you know, it's it's yeah. it's already packed. There's yeah. still a lot of a lot of room to go. I just want to see where Cairo is on this thing. Yeah, Cairo's far down the list, and I swear that I was breaking in that city. I, I well, couldn't listen, believe Keith, the Keith people. who works with us here now came from Mumbai. Yeah, and he to get on a train, JP. I don't know if you know this. You know those images of trains where you see people like stuffing themselves. Yeah. In the, yeah, that was him on the train. So he comes to the go train now, and he feels he like walks it's a private on. limousine. <laughs> Because like he's, a, I think he said he was even texting his friends back in India, like, holy smokes, you're not going to believe the train that I get wow. to ride now. And one time he was hanging off the side of the train because he was on late. He fell off the train. Can you imagine oh falling God. off the go train? This. Oh my JP, this. That's what, that's what he saw. See, the train comes in. And then see the crowd of people. And then they just all rush. Before the, See the train looks full? Wait to see how many people fit on the train. That's what he said. He goes, yeah, wait to see how many people get on. Yeah, so if you're listening to this, you can't see what Nick's showing. It's a train with probably like, what is that, 15 people, 10 people deep? 15 people deep. on the plat on the platform. Absolutely zero regulation for how many yeah, people can. But they can't have any. Regulation. And there's people hanging out the doors but of the train said already. There's two waves. Look. If you see the doors open, there's two waves. There's the first wave oh, of people no. who. Oh no! 
And he said it's legitimately like that. <laughs> Man, we are lucky. So you, if you can't see this, you have to understand that the train is pulling into the station. It's not even stopped. The doors open. And some people... Oh, Nick, that's a different video. The video I saw, the doors were open. And before the train yeah, stopped, I saw that. people are diving... JP, they're diving into the train. And because the train is actually still moving, they're getting like jostled around and smashed around in the train because they're trying to get in before everyone else so they can uh. like, get, get fit into this thing. And then he said there's two waves. There's the first rush of people, and then there's the second rush that pushes the first rush oh, in. Oh, to get the last few in. Yeah. Yeah. So if you... But, so so from, a, from a political perspective, what's the easiest way to maintain growth? Is it not... Is it just the simple answer, not just bring more people because it's more tax revenue, it's more... I, I yeah that's I a mean okay question. that's like, a the really first thing that comes to my mind without giving this to, a lot yeah. like without doing a big thought experiment and brainstorming this the first thing that comes to my mind is that you must match the population growth to the social service growth that made this country so good like don't we have to like match the growth of the social services do we when it's so poor in other places that's why they're coming oh yeah oh no no, no. okay to your point relative to other countries yeah I don't think we do I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying what's right I'm okay. just saying yeah, yeah. if well, you're a politician. How do you campaign on something and say, this is what I'm going to, because it's all about the jobs and the economy and whatever. Okay, it depends what party or, I, I or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. like, you're right. So what, that's their solution, most of them, right? Like, even, even the more liberal minded parties still want population growth, right? How can I be so pro Canada and feel like we're screwed at the same time? So pro Canada and so pro real estate investing in this area and also feel like we're all screwed at the same time. This doesn't even make any sense. Yeah, no, you're right. Because yeah. I, I don't think they're going to solve anything and uh, you don't have to improve the social services. And relative to many parts of the world, the social services are still great. Look at the social services here compared to our neighbor in the U.S. We have free health care. Right. So, yeah. I mean, don't we get free daycare now? Like I used to pay for daycare. Isn't like junior kindergarten full, Nick, junior kindergarten's full day now. Yep. I used to pay. So it, for us, it was either some schools were half days or every other day. So I, one of the schools we went to was every other day. So we had to pay for daycare, Carol and I, for the other days. So now you don't even have to pay for that because the government pays for full kindergarten. Do we pay? We don't pay for anything before kindergarten, I don't think. Anyway, full kindergarten is paid for. Healthcare is paid for. It's a beautiful place. Oh, the liberals is. were it going is. to pay for that. They were running on that, weren't they? Or something. I forget. I there was something about that, know. but it didn't go through, I think. But it's going that way. There, a party is going to get elected that will put that in place. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's coming down the pipe. There's no money for it, but it's coming so like if pipe. you extrapolate this all further to your point, JP, politicians aren't going to solve anything, but they're going to just keep spending more money. Mm -hmm. We already have this massive accumulation of debt in all these industrialized countries, including Canada, including the province of Ontario. Interest rates are not only going to go lower than they are now, then they're going to go negative. My brother-in-law just sent me something. I have to read this text. Something about negative interest rate mortgages in like Denmark or something. I'm not just talking about bonds where you buy like a bond with a negative interest rate. Something about a negative interest rate straight up mortgage. So to how me, does that actually yeah, work? Yeah, how does that? I got to look into this. Next time we talk, I'll have the answers. Because <laughs> in my mind, the way that works is they you putting take money the in mortgage your bank account. and you get money. <laughs> you get paid. You get paid to own interest. property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a different way to do it. Yeah, because how's that Why going have to tenants? Work? If it's an interest rate that you owe and there's an amortization schedule on it yeah i have no concept i can't even conceptualize how no. that actually works is so it must what, be what about um this is out there but like other forms of of uh i guess monetary sort of trade or what you know maybe like look at the silver sitting on your desk you know or just simply i know bartering is illegal technically but could you see a day when that becomes bartering is legal. illegal. I'm pretty sure it is. Why, why, no, I can trade Tom for something. No, but as a business, but, can you? Yeah, no. There's the barter exchanges. There's Litex, which is a big barter exchange. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. You can't only barter. Like you, you're required by law to take Canadian dollars as payment for something. Right. That's, because that's they different. want tax revenue. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. So that yeah. that's different. So you can't be like, well, no, I don't take dollars. I I only barter. That, okay. that's, I like that, that, okay. I like okay. this doomsday scenario where you're like, just, just barter. I don't think it comes to that. There's always going to be some sort of currency. No, no, I know. But well, what is that currency? I guess that's my that's oh, my it question. Just is it is, is it going to be? See, the government always is going to want their hand in the pie, always. So I guess there's no real way to escape. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You can't. 
the government always wants their, their hands not revenue. in the pie. They have the yeah. pie, and you're just trying to take a nibble yeah. off the side before they smack you in the head. I know. Yeah, no, That's they control it, it because we have to pay. This is where the whole Bitcoin debate kind of falls flat yeah. for me is that I love the idea of a digital currency and the ability to send money from me to you using a cryptocurrency like a Bitcoin is absolutely brilliant. But when the government mandates that businesses pay their payroll taxes, how often do we have to pay payroll taxes? Is that weekly or monthly? Monthly. So we have to pay our payroll taxes monthly. We have to submit HST monthly now. Yeah. So we pay HST monthly as a business. We pay payroll taxes monthly. How am I going to be, as a business owner, be able to accept Bitcoin when the government of Canada mandates that I pay the taxes in Canadian dollars? This is where I don't understand any of the Bitcoin stuff. Because I'm like, yeah, I absolutely want to accept your Bitcoin. I absolutely <laughs> want to accept it. But then I have to take the risk of yeah. the Bitcoin either going from, what is it, $9,000 today, either back down to 6000 or up to 15000 within the next month, which it may. And let's say it goes down to 6000 then I have to pay taxes and I don't even have the money to pay my taxes. Yeah. So because the government of Canada controls the currency in which you have to pay taxes, they win. The only way Bitcoin wins is entire financial collapse and we have another medium sure. of exchange. But unless the Canadian government allows us to pay our taxes in a different currency, and as an individual, I get it. Okay, Bitcoin can make sense and you kind of argue back and forth, this is the money we should all use. But is that from a business point of view, when you have to submit taxes on a, such a regular basis, how do you use a cryptocurrency? No one's been no, able to, no, no, like no one has been able to answer that question for me. And everyone who's pro-Bitcoin just absolutely gets infuriated with me. And I'm the one even saying I'm actually neutral on it. I actually like the technology. But when you can't pay your taxes in it, it gets frustrating. Anyway, back to your doomsday scenario really quickly. If, uh, if, if, if there is some kind of financial collapse, the, the, the solution is they just come up with a new currency. Right. And whatever old currency you had gets converted into the new currency. The government still keep control. That's right. what they've done in other countries. Yeah, right. and that's what they could continue to do now. Like the International Monetary Fund could come to Canada, come to the U.S. and say, oh my gosh, you guys are broke. We are going to magically create some SDRs, special drawing rights as sure. a form of global currency. Here you go, Canada. These SDRs are worth, you know, $18 billion. So we magically just created. And now on your balance sheet in your country, you can print off another 18 million and disperse it out to people. And then it means everyone who's listening, all the investors you've been helping who own hard assets are going to continue to win because the value of the currency is going to go down and down and down. And th those who own hard assets are just going to get more and more sure. price point increase on their hard assets. Now we're turning this into a, just a <laughs> rant about yeah. shit. Anyway, I think, it, yeah, it's an interesting topic, though, right? Because it seems like that's where we're headed. It's just the time frames. You don't know if this stuff can happen in one year or 50 years. So you can't live your life for that kind of scenario. Talk to no. me about farmland. Where am I, what kind of farmland are you finding me to buy? I know that you asked me to find you something that was more approachable. And after yeah, that was I, 50 bucks. I don't want to spend <laughs> <laughs> when I When I realized I have to pay all cash and let it sit there for a long period of time. Yeah, and... and uh, I probably, in, in hindsight, I probably should have just looked a little harder and found something a little bit more approachable, but... Uh, Let's find some farmers yeah. and go buy them land. Oh, it's I not, need, it's not hard to, to find I want chickens farmers and, and that a want cow. Land. Yeah. I want to go talk to my cow. I want to pet my cow, and I want to eat my cow on the barbecue later. I don't want to yeah, kill it, though. I don't want to kill it. I'm not that person. That's not a problem. Can't do it. There, there, there is stuff out there, but I, I guess we, we were talking about this, but if you can get a house on it, then that, that will help because at least you, oh, yeah, that's you can right. finance that, that portion yeah, yeah, of yeah. it you know, and get income from, that, from, the, from the house. And then the house and then the farm, and then you lease at the farm. And the, but the, the property tax rates are still better when uh, oh, whatever yeah, percentage better. is being used as farming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, an, that's an area I don't know much about, that farmland stuff, but I just want some. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and especially from a, a from a value uh, perspective, you know. Well, with all these people coming, they're going to need food. And yeah. craft dinners only go so and it, far. And some like the price per acre in some spots in southwestern Ontario, it is nuts. Like, like expensive or a good deal? Expensive, because it because it's high producing. It's good. Are you talking around the city of Simcoe, now, town of Simcoe? Well, now? I heard. I tried finding it. I couldn't find anything, but the. Um, the te like the teachers association or board of London apparently was uh, buying up farmland for their like pension funds and stuff. These teachers, they got to stop yeah. owning everything. Well, they sold it once they sold their stake in MLSE. They had to like put the money somewhere, right? Right. <laughs> so really, 
And why are they doing that? Are they getting a return because they're running it as a farm? Like what, the, what is the, a pension fund buying farmland for? The, 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 the future value for when they need the money or whatever it is. So there but is some percentage of their fund, I guess, they just al- allocate yeah. to pure but, but speculation. You can, yeah, but you can look at the history of the values go up very consistently over decades. So it, it, it's, it's not that far-fetched. It would be no different than a bank going, yeah, I know I can buy that apartment building and, and feel comfortable with my 5 6% return. No difference. Yeah, just yeah. if they're not operating it as a farm, there's no income component on there. They're probably buying, or maybe they're buying an operating farm. That's what. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh sorry, oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I thought you in my mind it was farm land. No, they're getting people. Yeah, they're yeah, buying the it. land, yeah. but they're yeah, getting they're, people to farm yeah, it, and correct. they're getting the income from that yeah. component of it, and they're yeah. doing it on a large scale, so they're getting, you know, yeah. it's, it's making sense. <laughs> so we just have JP's a mi- we have to go. mimic the model at a smaller scale. You're not. You've not gone from St. Ca- Hamilton to St. Catharines to Welland. You're going from Hamilton, St. Catharines, Welland to farmland. What do you mean? Like that's going to be your next investment choice. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Gosh, I have my, uh, I have, I've got my heart set on a, a one particular valley out west. JP's yeah. not investing in anything if he keeps feeding these horses. Oh my god! That's what <laughs> Don't even talk to me about it. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so yeah. let's. Uh, I just want to kind of wrap, bring this all together with an investor who starts working with you today yep. that wants a good property in a good area that pays for itself or produces some cash flow. Where right now would be your first target area? They don't care. Just take me to an area that you like, JP. Honestly, like wherever the opportunity is, like it just so happens that uh, I, there's there seems to be a few communities that you can choose from in Niagara. But London is still great. Um, but that's not to say that you're not going to find opportunity in Barrie or Kitchener or wherever. But also just depends on where they're located and the logistics of, of you know, how far away they want the property from where they are or what oh, their comfort really level is. Danced around uh, th- that one. Yeah, but, yeah, but, it's, but it's true. It is no, true. No, yeah. 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 I know. We just had someone in here uh, today who bought a fourplex in Etobicoke. Yeah. And they're going to live in one of the units, rent out the other three units, renovate them. Um, they're going to increase the rents on those properties, or reno- fully renovate, live in one, and it's going to be a great investment yeah. for them. And they're in Etobicoke. Yeah. Well, well, I know a guy who lives in Etobicoke. Has a, he was in here today, too, who I was talking to. He was, has a property, a rental property in High Park and bought a duplex in St. Catharines. There you go. Yeah, so it's wherever yeah. the opportunity you is. Know? So I guess, the, I guess just if you're listening to this and you haven't t- – kind of checked out any real estate investing the options are pretty much everywhere so it's still important to sit down figure out what you want the, op- the options are everywhere inventory is still thin everywhere though so yeah, it's still it. it's still a bit of a you know looking under rocks and stuff to try to find these places like the properties themselves and and you're really hustling to how many kilometers a year are you putting on your car right now ballpark it well let, let's just say this i went seven thousand kilometers over my little dinger on the thing that says you're over your service date by like 7,000 kilometers. Yeah, no, I'm doing like probably 70, 80,000 a year. Yeah. Yeah. That's the reality of trying yeah. to find, uh, find properties <laughs> to your point. I know you're going to wrap uh, up, but to your point about, um, the, just the, the, it's hard to find properties. The, the numbers that I saw that, that I put up the, as of like last month, the average on the multi-unit properties that have sold in the city of Toronto, the average um, cap rate, 2.7%. Oh, yeah. That's how much money is going into the space. That's why. So, so then the, the other money drops down to those smaller that's spaces. That's a whole right? other conversation with, with investors uh, that I, w- I want to say maybe are a little bit green. Maybe that's not the right word, but um, like they have a very yeah, high expectation. Yeah, they haven't expectation. been exposed to the market. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and, and it's so different. Look, we just had Pierre-Paul Trujillo in here from Alberta. Where cap rates yeah, suffering? Uh, yeah, well, I shouldn't say cap rates. Where rents are actually coming down, and apartment yeah. building rentals yeah. are coming down because of population decline and people leaving mm-hmm. and lack of just outright demand. Like all the opposite forces that are kind of happening yeah. here. That's one of the benefits that no one talks about rent control. I'm not a huge rent control fan when you know in certain areas, but without the rent controls in Alberta, they had a huge run up in prices. But right. when you have the huge run up in rents, they yeah. can come back down in those types of scenarios too. Whereas yeah. when they're held in check artificially, most of the time with these rent controls, like we have in place in Ontario, it does provide stability to them. Right. Right. This is the time. And he was alluding to this as well, where some of the big players in Alberta are just scooping up properties. Oh, I'm cheap sure. Because they can. I know. Yeah. This uh, is yeah, when they're yeah, building yeah, monster. But this is where the people who have money are just. Because oil is still oil. Yeah. Right? yeah I agree. Like mm-hmm. Tesla's going to go to business. Agreed. soon, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> JP, thanks for this, man. No problem. Appreciate Thank it. you.
Hey everyone, so hopefully you enjoyed that chat with myself and Nick and John Paul Gulbis. If you are listening to this and you want a copy of a blueprint of an actual investor who's been buying a bunch of properties, who was kind enough to share all the information that we've worked together with and offer that out publicly, of course we had to hide some of the actual addresses. We put city, so you're not gonna see exactly where this person was buying in that city, but you are going to see the city here in Ontario that he was working in and that kind of thing. You can get a copy of that at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash blueprint. So if you want to see what's possible, perhaps for yourself, um, or just get an idea of what someone else has done, you can get a copy of that. And all of our situations are different. Like a lot of people will come to us and say, Hey, I want to buy 10 properties tomorrow. And for some people it's actually possible. You can go off and buy a ton of properties because of your income situation and your debt ratios and that kind of, and the amount of down payment money that you have and so forth for, uh, for other people, it's not possible, but you should understand over time, anything is possible. So if you're starting out, maybe you have to start out just saving up for your first down payment or starting with one property and then going through the frustrating wait to be able to accumulate your second property and go off and buy your second property. Sometimes having that patience is frustrating, but I can tell you it's worth it. So um, it doesn't matter what point you're at, the whole journey is worth it in our, in our mind. And if you want a case study of someone who's been through that, you can get that at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash blueprint. And listen, we are doing all of this as one way to help people live life on their terms. Real estate is, of course, not the only answer. It's not the only way, but it is one freaking really good way. And we haven't seen many other other better ways. Um, we are strong believers in the power of real estate. It definitely has its pain points. It is not a perfect investment by any means. It definitely has a risk. And, but uh, with that risk comes some upside. With that risk, you have to protect against, against possible downside as well. So it's definitely a great vehicle and it's why we're doing this podcast it's why we're doing everything we do with members at rockstar in our circle it's why we started the brokerage rockstar real estate and so forth it's try to help people live life on their terms so that's it for now until next time your life your terms